So many owners open their shops with the dream of doing auto repair the right way, being an asset to their community, having free time with their families, and having the ability to create a financial legacy. In reality, so many find themselves working long days, are struggling to find and keep good staff, and can barely pay the bills. Since 2016, the fastest growing automotive repair coaching company, ShopFix Academy's sole purpose is to stop the average small business from destroying the average family. Call 615-645-3683 to speak to someone on their leadership team about seeing if ShopFix Academy is a good fit for your shop. Learn more at shopfixacademy.com. You got to be transparent with your people. You got to show them the real numbers. You got to be clear about how you expect them to to execute with their position and then make a decision. This is Success Leaves Clues, an automotive industry podcast, and I'm your host, Thomas Hayes. That was today's guest, Guy Roberts, spilling the secrets on becoming a great manager. Today on the show, Guy will tell us about the time he went from being a service advisor to a general manager and then going from a general manager to a district manager. He'll share what he learned along the way and leave you with some great clues on how owners can support their managers and how managers can support their team. If you've got a service advisor who you think could become a manager, then this would be a great episode for them too. Here's our conversation. An effective online presence is a critical part of your shop's growth and profitability, which is why it only makes sense to use the company that many top-performing repair shops use for managing their online presence, Leads Near Me. Leads Near Me effortlessly increases your car count with a strategic combination of killer websites, high-converting Google ads, traffic-driving social media posts, and more. Reach them by text or call at 888-953-2379 or visit them online at leadsnearme.com. Leads Near Me, effortlessly increase car count. Guy. Thomas. Really happy to have you today. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, man. Are we going? This is it. This is live. We're going. We're going. All right. Let's do this. Awesome, man. So, uh, Guy, uh, for those that don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Okay. Um Started in this industry as a service advisor um, for a local shop in Nashville and um, uh, started out uh, just at the front counter, selling, selling service, learning how to do it. Uh, no background whatsoever in, in sales or service advising in the auto industry or any of that. Um, did that for, gosh, I don't, I don't remember how many years. How did you years. get into it? How to get into it? Yeah. Uh, well, um, no experience. No, no experience. You're just doing it. Believe it or not, I was a drummer. <laughs> I was a musician for a living, and yeah. came off the road. And uh, when I came off the road, um, you know, baby number two was on the way, mm-hmm. and decided I probably need to get a, a real job. I say a real job. That's not a true statement. Musicians uh, have real jobs, uh, but yeah. it's it's very hard. It's a hard life. It's hard. On your family, you're on the it's road. Hard to be yeah. right. It's hard to be. It's hard to. It's hard to make money. So, yeah. um, decided to get into the corporate world 
and whatever I fell into, I was going to be good at it. So um, I, I started in a, um, a, a medical um, benefits coordinating type company. Interesting. Um, yeah, I, it was just something that somebody, hey, try this. So I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was okay. I actually uh, moved up there, became a trainer there. I was moving into management there. And then uh, my brother, who works for this shop, um, said, uh, hey, why don't you, you know, we need a service advisor. Why don't you interview for that? Um, you can make better money. So um, I think he realized uh, I was, I was, you know, two years off the road and I wasn't going back on the road. So yeah. like, oh, let's, <laughs> he's like, he's, you know, basically he was looking for um, someone with the same belief systems. Mm. They were building culture in their shop. So Interviewed for that job, um, ended up getting that, uh, moved um, into, from there, I was a couple of years as a service advisor, moved into management there, started managing a shop, um, learned very quickly um, that uh, actually was wired for management. Um, Interesting. Talk that out a little bit. Like, how did you know? Um well, as a service advisor, you definitely manage uh, you manage your tickets. You manage um, your work mm-hmm. through a whole process. So it's not just sales and then that's it. Um, you, you sell work. Uh, and then once the, the job is sold, you still got the car needs to be fixed. <laughs> and you, you've got to manage with the customer. You've got to manage the whole process. Right. So I, my belief is service advisors are managers of their own work. Um, you know, they, they are the front, they're the face of the shop. So it's a great point. They, they basically, uh, manage, uh, the work as it goes through the shop from there, moving into managing people to do that job ended up being something completely different. Uh, but I felt wired to do that. Um, I'm a people person. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely learned that being a service advisor, dealing with the general public, um, there was some things I had to learn about uh, as far as, you know, it's air quote, bad news business. You're telling people what's wrong with their car. Right. But the good news is, hey, we can fix it. So um, it's walking people through that process on a management end of it. It's walking people through the process of walking people through that process, if, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So um, you're dealing with an internal customer rather than the external customer. You're still dealing with the ex- external customer. Um, obviously when, when there are issues, um, you know, the owner has put you in place as a general manager, um, to, um, to handle problems, you know, we, we, the owner does not want every, you know, customer to come in. I want to talk to the owner. You know, there's always that, (laughs) that Mm -hmm. happens. I think a good manager is someone who says, hey, I'm the general manager. I can take care of you. What can I do for you? You know, tell me about what's going on. Being their advocate, earning the respect of that customer, and uh, being empowered as a manager. The owner of my shop was very good at empowering their people to um, to be able to facilitate good customer service. So I learned dealing with issues um, at first as a service advisor, it was a struggle for me, but I learned um, I was good at it just because I genuinely care about people. It's huge. And so when that translates into your inter- your uh, internal customer, your technicians, your service advisors, um, learning how to handle their issues, 
uh, and make sure that they feel like they're in a place where they can talk about things that issues they're having with a coworker or with customers or whatever. They can vent. They can get direction from you, and you can basically help them uh, take care of that customer and, and and do their job well. So um, that is something I learned that um, through some hard things, uh, I, I learned that um, I was good at. Yeah. Um, and I think it came down to just being genuine with custom with 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 those employees. How long did that process take for you to feel like you you were good at managing people as a general manager? Um, it felt like a long time, but it actually didn't take long. It was, uh, it was probably about, I'd say, within the first three months or so. Wow. There was because um, when you go from in a shop, when you go from a service advisor to management, I'm a peer with all of my coworkers. And then I turn it uh, the next day I'm their boss. Yeah. Right? I'm, I'm hiring people. I'm firing people. Um, you know, starting doing your first firing is, is rough. Well, at least it was for me. Um, they get easier from there because you learn to disconnect, you know, uh, being too personal with folks. And, and there's, there's a point where you have to learn. I'm not their buddy. You know, um, you spend a lot of time with with the people you work with, you know, sometimes more than you do with your own family. Right. And, you know, you get close with folks, but uh, when you move into a role, like a management role, um, there's this distance you've got to keep to be objective and and to be, you know, fair to everybody, right? You have to hear both sides of you know, issues that you're having, you know, two, two employees might be having with each other. You got to hear both sides and you've got to be a moderator sometimes. And you've also got to learn to decide, is this worth it? You got to think about the business. Um, you know, is there a light at the end of the tunnel with this guy or girl? And if not, you know, when do we cut, you know, let's hold people, start holding people accountable and then decide whether we want to continue or find somebody else. Yeah. How long were you in that role as general manager? Oh, that was, let's see, probably about three years, okay. I think. I'm guessing probably about three years. Yeah. So in that time, I mean, it sounds like that you, in a, in a very quick amount of time, became proficient, continued to grow in skill. Um, I understand that, that you became a district manager after that. Tell us about that transition. Tell us about what happened there. Yeah. So um, there came a point to where um, the owner had purchased multiple shops. I moved into a, a role of district manager. But before that happened, I basically raised up somebody to take my place as manager. So I'm looking at my advisors and I'm kind of fostering, look, this person looks like they may be good at uh, management. They may be a good person to to take my role here so I can move into this role. Um, moved into that district manager role. Someone was put in place at, at the shop I was managing. And then it changed from managing a shop to managing multiple shops. I was managing managers. Mm-hmm. So there was a manager of each shop and I was holding them accountable to what we expected them to do in each shop. And just using my time as a general manager to help them understand um, 
you know, how they can get the best out of their people and execute and then just holding them accountable to that. Do you feel like that transition was easy for you going from a general manager managing the people of the store to managing managers? Was that a, or was that a process for you? Um, it was a little bit of a process in the beginning. It was learning how to, um, not jump around them, jump over them, pull the rug out from under them, not, not go around them and start, you know, talking to their people and telling them what I need to see out of them and letting that manager know, this is what I see. You know, we'd look at P and L's together. We'd look at the results of those P and L's and say, okay, this is showing me, um, we've got an issue with, let's say, um, technician production. Um, so what do you see, Mr. Manager, as far as what's going on with your techs, getting them more productive? You know, what what are the issues you're running into? Um, and I would use my experience to help um, lead them or um, walk them through what they may be able to do on their end to get the best out of their their team. So didn't take long. Um, I was okay with staying out of you know, their business. And, um, but I, I did let them know, look, I'm holding you to this. Mm-hmm. You're in a position to lead these people for a reason. And so I'm here to help you. So if, if you're having a struggle dealing with somebody, let's talk it through. I can give you some, um, some opinions on how I would handle it and you can handle it the way you're put in this position because we trust you to handle it. So handle it the way you see fit. It's definitely something to where when I was a manager, the owner gave me parameters to work in and allowed me to make mistakes. Um, I didn't freak out about it. Uh, at least I didn't see that, you know, yeah. he may have. Um, and I had to do the same as a district manager, let them do their thing. Um, let them make mistakes, determine whether these mistakes are worth um, letting them learn from them. Cause everybody learns from making mistakes. No one's right. going to come in and start do everything perfect. So the only way you're going to get better is you're going to screw up. Um, so that's the ultimate teacher. Uh, and and then you you let them do that. And then you circle back and walk them through what they've learned and, and, uh, and go from there. So that became my internal customer was these four or five managers. How did you, you know, that, that's a really, I think, powerful concept, you know, for a manager is, is this, you know, allowing your team, allowing your the person you're leading to make a mistake. How did you balance the needs of the business with allowing that person to make that mistake? How did you make those calls? Well, it's a great clue for people to know. Yeah. So, um, loss of money <laughs> is a big clue. <laughs> so, um, you know, you've, you've got to be able to look at issues and look at things and determine, um, you know, Profitability is is the main reason why we're running our shops, right? So um, there comes a point to where, um, hey, we're losing a lot of money and we need to pivot. Yeah. Um, you know, as each month goes by, um, if you're seeing the needle move, if it's moving in the right direction, it may be worth it to continue what you're doing. Um, if it's not moving at all, something has to change. Something's got to give. And I think the problem, and I made this mistake a lot too, was sitting too long, waiting too long to make a move, letting things happen, you know, 
giving slaps on the wrist and just letting the same thing happen over and over and over and over again. And, and that's, um, you know, there comes a point to where it's like, you got to piss or get off the pot, you know, right. It's, it's something's got to move. It's not personal. You know, it is business. There's a reason why you were put in this position. There's a reason why you have a manager put in this position and it's because you expect them to execute. Um, and so, by the needle moving in the right direction, you know something's happening and progress is being made. So um, if it's if it's stagnant or if it's moving backwards in the wrong direction, then you got to make a got to make a call. So, yeah, um, we were chatting before the recording. You were telling me about a story. Can you share that story? That kind of I feel really illustrates this very well. Okay, uh, so there was a manager um, that I hired, and he. Um, uh, he was definitely good soil. He was a, he was a good, um, he was, he was our kind of people. He was our culture, if, if that makes sense. So, um, he worked in the industry. He worked in another shop prior. Um, I did learn later that that shop was not very open with the numbers and open with their P&Ls and uh, about his performance. They just told him what they expected and he did what he thought was right to make those things happen. So um, it, it ended up being about his 90 days in each month. Um, we, we were losing money each month. Um, there was a disconnect. And as I was visiting that shop, each time I was visiting that shop, I was noticing you know, he's running around putting out fires. Um, he's he's like a chicken with his head cut off, basically. He's chasing his tail and um, doing what he thought he needed to do to get things moving. He's trying to muscle things himself. So one of the biggest things I learned as a manager was you can't rely on yourself to do all the positions and, and get it right. Yeah. So that's not my expertise. <laughs> It's, it, you got to know your, know your lane. And as a manager, you're driving the boat. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're telling people what to do. You're expecting them to perform in those positions. And then if they can't, you're making a decision on those people. Um, you're putting the right people in place. So what I noticed was him with him was, uh, if something wasn't working, he was jumping in and doing it himself. Mm -hmm. Um, meanwhile, there was just chaos happening at the front counter. Superhero um, syndrome. Pretty much. Absolutely. Great way to put it. Superhero syndrome. So I think he related hard work, like effort, physical effort to a good job, right? Mm -hmm. And he needed to relate the numbers equal to a good job in that position. So um, I guess is working smarter than working harder was what he needed. And we also determined there was a belief system uh, that he was missing. So we have something in our shops called the board, and it is uh, part of our process. It's 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 something a tool we use to be able to see everything going on in the shop, and then make decisions as a manager from there. Um, it also allows other employees to make decisions in their own role. So what was happening was um, this board wasn't being updated. Um, and I would walk in and say, hey, how up to date is this? And people scurry and move <laughs> magnets and, you know, try to make it up to date. Um, so the owner and I decided, um, okay, we're looking at the P&Ls. We're like, we can't continue like this. But we both agreed. How long we, it been? Uh, 
it was about three months. We were moving into the fourth month. So mm-hmm. he was at end of his 90 days. So mm-hmm. we we knew he had potential. We felt like he had potential. We just felt like when we weren't there, he wasn't executing things the way he needed to as a manager. Did you know that some web design companies use the same wording across all their client sites? Unfortunately, this common practice is noted by Google as plagiarism, which will cause your site to be ranked lower. That's why it's critical that whoever makes your shop's website knows better. That's why so many top shops trust Leads Near Me to create and manage their shop's websites. As Google certified partners, they know how to make a top ranking website from an insider's perspective. Get a free site analysis by visiting leadsnearme.com or calling 888-953-2379. Leads Near Me, effortlessly increase car count. Yeah. How did you know he had potential? Like what indicators did you did you have? Um, the potential was more on the culture side. Mm. He cared about customers. He cared about doing a good job. Um, when he did do... Um, the things we asked him to do, he did them well, but he would always veer off. Um, and I think part of it was he did not believe the numbers we were showing him were real numbers. He was never shown real numbers at all from uh, his previous yeah. shop. So what we found was um, when we when I would sit with him and go through the P&L, um, he would nod his head and say, okay, and but he didn't really believe that those were real numbers. One of the things he had said to the owner was, um, well, those aren't aren't real, right? Because if they were, you wouldn't keep me. <laughs> wow. So that was a conversation that we had set up this this visit from the owner. He came in that morning. I was planning on coming in that afternoon. The owner said, look, I'm going to kind of really put the pressure on him and let him know we can't continue like this. So we may have to make a decision. Um, I came in after, later that afternoon, saw this look on his face. And um, one of the first things he said to me was, um, do you really think if I followed this board thing, it'll really help? And that told me he didn't believe in the first place yeah. about this this system we have in place. He didn't execute it because he didn't believe in it. Yeah. And so I basically walked him in. I said, look, Let's walk through how to use this thing properly with your employees as a manager. This is what it looks like as a manager to use this thing and to run your shop. And so I did it a little different. I think good teachers, one thing I learned in college was good teachers pull things out of you. Yeah. If, if they see you're not so getting true. something one way, you look at it a different way. You try to get it the way that they see it best. And kind of going through this process with this guy helped me see, okay, the way I was showing him, he wasn't getting it. So let me try it differently. Um, so we did it different with the added pressure of the owner saying, look, we can't keep going. He may end up losing his job. He cared. He wanted to stay there. That was one of the things that we liked about him. Yeah. So I walked him through that. I walked him through the things I saw he was doing that was allowing him to to fail as as a manager as far as at the end of the end of the month and um from then on the next month it was profitable and we sat with him and we showed him look you're, you're making money now <laughs> what hap- what were you doing that's different made him walk through in his brain 
you know, walk through, okay, well, how am I doing things different than I was doing it before? And he was getting it. He was making these connections. That's huge. It's very huge for for him. Not everybody gets that. Right. Not every manager that we've had got that. We've we've had to get rid of managers because they didn't get that. So, um, yeah, that was huge. It it was, he's still with us. I mean, years later and been profitable, super profitable, ran that shop really well. He's got a good team with him. He recognizes, and that spills down with his people. He's leading his people the same way. He's trying to, um, you know, make sure that they understand what he expects out of them and, walking them through that. So it's been good. I love the fact that you saw his potential. You didn't, you, you weighed, you know, that I I don't want to use the word give up, but give up. Mm -hmm. You weighed, you know, should we cut ties with the potential? And then you gave him that, that opportunity with that second kind of view Mm -hmm. and you caused him to have this breakthrough moment, which changed his career. It did. And it was a, there was a time frame. There was a talk with the owner and I about, look, if next, if this next month is not profitable, we're going to need to let him go. Right. I mean, love the guy, but we're going to need to let him go. Sure. Um, but once we recognized, oh, it's his belief system. Um, once he understood how things worked and trusted the process, number one, he trusted the process. Number two, he believed that we were giving him real numbers. Um, you know, everything changed because it's, he came up in this industry never knowing the real numbers. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, you got to be transparent with your people. You got to show them the real numbers. You've got to be clear about how you expect them to to execute with their position and then make a decision. Uh, and, and I think that's what a lot of people kind of freeze in place is they don't make a decision. They wait too long or um, they, they, um, they don't see potential in folks and I think it's rare that people just keep canning people before he gives them a chance to learn. Um, I think most people wait too long. Um, yeah. So. So um, you've built this really incredible management philosophy and, and, and you, you know, as a manager, district manager, you know, very successful. Uh, and you've shared some great clues that someone listening who's in that role can take and plug in. Uh what would be any other things that you'd say, especially for a, a person new to this role as a general manager, or district manager, what are some other clues to your success that you would want them to know? Um, I would say maybe not being afraid to uh, pull someone aside and have a conversation. Um, I think that was the, one of the biggest things that helped me to be a successful manager was growing Growing the leaders in in the in the other positions, let's say a foreman in the back, a lead service advisor in the front, pouring into them, um, and having conversations about um, what could be in store for them. What's the future look like? Um, honestly, it, it wasn't my it wasn't my shop, but I treated it like it was my shop. So I latched onto the vision that the owner had for his. He was very good at at just casting a vision. So I latched onto that and would do the same. Um, I recognize where people did, did well, uh, where, where people were struggling and found ways to teach them and pull things out of them. Um, and if, if they weren't teachable, it's, it's, that, that's a, that's one of the things where that was the hardest was 
knowing when to cut the cord and move on. So I think those are in that role. It's learning those things, learning how to manage people and not just go muscle everything yourself. That's That's not a good manager uh, going and doing everything yourself. And I think that's true for owners too. Owners jump in and try to do things themselves and don't let their managers manage. So, Guys, it's been a great conversation. I'm really grateful for your time today. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. And I'd be honored if you share this podcast with a fellow member of the industry. And finally, if you've got a great story to share and wish to become a guest on the show, please email me at thomas at slcautopodcast.com or call 615-656-8804. Thanks. Have a great week. No two shops are the same. That's why cookie cutter advice and coaching does not work. In order for your shop to get to the next level, you must have an action plan designed around your shop's unique needs. You'll also need accountability and encouragement along the way. Let ShopFix Academy help you create your best shop. Call 615-645-3683 to speak to someone on their leadership team about seeing if ShopFix Academy is a good fit for your shop. Learn more at shopfixacademy.com.